0: Section 26 of The Art of Worldly Wisdom. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, visit librivox.org. Recording by Linda Sonrisa. sirvision.org. The Art of Worldly Wisdom by Baltasar Gracián, translated by Joseph Jacobs. Section 26. 231. Never let things be seen half-finished. They can only be enjoyed when complete. All beginnings are misshapen, and this deformity sticks in the imagination. The recollection of having seen a thing imperfect disturbs our enjoyment of it when completed. To swallow something great at one gulp may disturb the judgment of the separate parts— but satisfies the taste. Till a thing is everything, it is nothing, and while it is in process of being, it is still nothing. To see the tastiest dishes prepared arouses rather disgust than appetite. Let each great master take care not to let his work be seen in its embryonic stages. They might take this lesson from Dame Nature, who never brings the child to the light till it is fit to be seen. 232. Have a Touch of the trader. Life should not be all thought. There should be action as well. Very wise folk are generally easily deceived, for while they know out-of-the-way things, they do not know the ordinary things of life, which are much more needful. The observation of higher things leaves them no time for things close at hand. Since they know not the very first thing they should know and what everybody knows so well, They are either considered or thought ignorant by the superficial multitude. Let therefore the prudent take care to have something of the traitor about him, enough to prevent him being deceived and so laughed at. Be a man adapted to the daily round, which if not the highest is the most necessary thing in life. Of what use is knowledge if it is not practical, and to know how to live is nowadays the true knowledge? 233 Let not the proffered morsel be distasteful. Otherwise it gives more discomfort than pleasure. Some displease when attempting to oblige because they take no account of varieties of taste. What is flattery to one is an offense to another, and in attempting to be useful one may become insulting. It often costs more to displease a man than it would have cost to please him. You thereby lose both gift and thanks, because you have lost the compass which steers for pleasure. He who knows not another's taste knows not how to please him. Thus it haps that many insult, where they mean to praise and get soundly punished, and rightly so. Others desire to charm by their conversation, and only succeed in boring by their loquacity. 234. Never trust your honor to another unless you have his in pledge. Arrange that silence is a mutual advantage, disclosure a danger to both. Where honor is at stake, you must act with a partner so that each must be careful of the other's honor for the sake of his own. Never entrust your honor to another. But if you have, let caution surpass prudence. Let the danger be in common and the risk mutual so that your partner cannot turn king's evidence. 235. Know how to ask. With some nothing easier, with others nothing so difficult. For there are men who cannot refuse, with them no skill is required. But with others their first word at all times is no. With them great art is required, and with all the propitious moment. Surprise them when in a pleasant mood when a repast of body or soul has just left them refreshed, if only their shrewdness has not anticipated the cunning of the applicant. The days of joy are the days of favor, for joy overflows from the inner man into the outward creation. It is no use applying when another has been refused, since the objection to a no has just been overcome. Nor is it a good time after sorrow. To oblige a person beforehand is a sure way, unless he is mean." Two hundred and thirty-six. Make an obligation beforehand of what would have to be a reward afterwards. This is a stroke of subtle policy. To grant favors before they are deserved is a proof of being obliging. Favors thus granted beforehand have two great advantages. The promptness of the gift obliges the recipient the more strongly And the same gift, which would afterwards be merely a reward, is beforehand an obligation. This is a subtle means of transforming obligations, since that which would have forced the superior to reward is changed into one that obliges the one obliged to satisfy the obligation. But this is only suitable for men who have the feeling of obligation, since with men of lower stamp, the honorarium paid beforehand acts rather as a bit than as a spur. 237. Never share the secrets of your superiors. You may think you will share pairs, but you will only share pairings. Many have been ruined by being confidants. They are like sops of bread used as forks. They run the same risk of being eaten up afterwards. It is no favor in a prince to share a secret. It is only a relief. Many break the mirror that reminds them of their ugliness. We do not like seeing those who have seen us as we are, nor is he seen in a favorable light who has seen us in an unfavorable one. None ought to be too much beholden to us, least of all one of the great, unless it be for benefits done him, rather than for such favors received from him. Especially dangerous are secrets entrusted to friends. He that communicates his secret to another makes himself that other's slave. With a prince, this is an intolerable position which cannot last. He will desire to recover his lost liberty, and to gain it will overturn everything, including right and reason. Accordingly, neither tell secrets nor listen to them. 38. Know what is wanting in yourself. Many would have been great personages if they had not had something wanting without which they could not rise to the height of perfection. It is remarkable with some that they could be much better if they could be better in something. They do not perhaps take themselves seriously enough to do justice to their great abilities. Some are wanting in geniality of disposition, a quality which their entourage soon find the want of, especially if they are in high office. Some are without organizing ability, others lack moderation. In all such cases, a careful man may make of a habit a second nature. 239. Do not be captious. It is much more important to be sensible. To know more than is necessary blunts your weapons, for fine points generally bend or break. Common sense truth is the surest. It is well to know but not to niggle. Lengthy comments lead to disputes. It is much better to have sound sense which does not wander from the matter in hand. 240. Make Use of Folly The wisest play this card at times, and there are times when the greatest wisdom lies in seeming not to be wise. You need not be unwise, but merely affect unwisdom. To be wise with fools and foolish with the wise were of little use. Speak to each in his own language. He is no fool who affects folly, but he is who suffers from it. Ingenuous folly, rather than the pretended, is the true foolishness, since cleverness has arrived at such a pitch. To be well-liked, one must dress in the skin of the simplest of animals. End of Section 26